1: Reckless speculation from the TCL Broadcast Studios. You're listening to Mackey and Judd, TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Now launching,
2: sequence
1: Mackey and Judd. We'll see you... We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? The ball into left center field of base hit. Buxton will round first, flying toward second base, and he is safe. Unbelievable! How did he make that into a double? And what a slide toward the infield slide side
2: to get that hand on the bag. It's it's unbelievable. You know the the bond that, even though we just got these guys this coming up year through offseason trades and things like that. You know the bond that we have together and have created. It, it seems like we've been together the last three, four years, you know, so it's, it's one of those things that if you got a bond like that and, and everybody treat each other like a family, uh, it's, it's nothing that you feel like we can't do. It's nothing that we can't accomplish. So, you know, we just got to go out there, keep playing baseball, keep playing hard and, and uh, everything has to take care of itself on the field.
3: That is Byron Buxton, a Byron Buxton highlight. A Byron Buxton soundbite and Brian Murphy from the Pioneer Press and Manny Hill. Does that not sound like a pleasant young man? On no. his great manners talking family never never gets upset about it you can you can push him and push him and push him and he's he'll... from
0: georgia he's got that southern charm exactly he's very positive he's optimistic about you know what's ahead for the team and now at t- everybody's bonding together no mm-hmm. yeah, no
3: at times i would like to see him get a little bit more upset for instance during the course of a season when he hits let me put my glasses on 156 it's that hard to find the numbers they're so low yeah they are exactly right <laughs> Or I'm just old,
0: but anyway, way below the Mason-Dixon line.
3: But anyway, this young man's about to turn 25 next week, and and you know what? He is mild-mannered. He is polite. He is all those things, unless you don't call him up on September 1st. This is Byron Buxton yesterday, and just for proper context. It's during an appearance at the Children's Hospital, correct? Gillette
4: Children's Hospital in St. Paul. Okay. With Joe Maurer and Justin Morneau.
3: So, this is a time, if there's any time, if there's any time to ring in the holiday season and for mild mannered Byron Buxton to appear, it would have been yesterday. Doing it all for the kids. Or was he?
2: It's business. They did what they did. I do what I do. At the end of the day, I'm still going to keep playing hard. I still want to play in Minnesota. I still want to play beside my teammates. Saw all that Were you... Um... Pissed? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I ain't sugarcoat nothing. Simple okay. as a. Yeah. Surprised? Shock? Was I? Yes. Yeah, you I was. You had no inkling with none. Done. That's interesting
3: and so is this.
2: Do you feel like you're... I mean, you're past auditioning for this team, right? I mean, you don't have to go to spring training and a job, do you? Apparently you so. That's so how I look at it. Uh-huh. I ain't finished a year here. And then on the front
3: office and the relationship that Byron has with them.
2: You expected to be back here in September. I did. How did they tell you? Uh, kind of didn't go over well. So I'd rather really not say anything about it because we didn't pass the page. You know, it's, oh, but wait. it's more about us getting back together, getting this season going. You know, I'm pretty pumped, ready to get the season going, ready to get uh, me, meet, meet the coaches. You know, we got a whole new coaching staff, so just kind of... Me, personally, I stayed in my own lane, worried about myself and focused on my offseason. season And, you know, whenever spring training comes, I'm ready to go, do what I need to do. They, the twins feel like they have, like you say, have kind of smoothed things over, have gotten you back I mean, on the same page? Haven't? I wouldn't say we're on the same page, but I ain't going to cause hectic between us because I want to be here. Mm-hmm. Cause so hectic? That's so where I started my hectic. career. That's so where I want to finish my career. That's so my teammates, my brothers are. So, I mean... Kinda here's what it is.
3: I like this Byron Buxton.
4: Bring it on. Yeah, yeah, especially if he's hitting 180 again. Was I pissed? Yeah. <laughs> Were you... He got... It wasn't even... It was just set up on a tee for him. He probably hit that harder than he hits the tee. <laughs> exactly. Were you pissed? Yes, I was pissed.
3: <laughs> I was, But I sat here in this very chair saying, when, when they didn't call him up on September 1st, what are you doing? What, what message are you yeah. sending?
4: All to save a few bucks in a year of service time. Yeah. What and, kind of damage are you doing?
3: Exactly, because I because at the time I said Byron is a sensitive young man. This is not going this is not going to sit well and his confidence is going to be sapped and perhaps it was a mistake still. But I like this guy. Bring this guy on.
4: I like how he was gonna say I, I don't wanna to make too much hectic, but I'm gonna keep going and make some hectic here in this yes. interview.
3: Yes, exactly right. He could
4: have he could have whitewashed a lot of things, but he came in there with an agenda. Mm-hmm. He had a message to
3: deliver. And he found two megaphones in the papers to do it but good for him wait this is okay so if this is a step and i realize what he said yesterday does not help him hit the baseball one bit so that has to change maybe it will though but you know what <laughs> if he truly is po'd if he's going to show up with the old uh, cliche chip on the shoulder that could be the best thing i might be completely wrong Derek and Thad might have pushed the exact right button if this guy's going to now dedicate himself to showing them, even if he's going to walk away in, what, five years, six years? No, it's
4: six years now because they bought another right. service so, time here. <laughs>
3: So let's say in six years he's going to have turned into a great ball player and he's going to go sign with the Dodgers or Yankees. I'm fine with that. If they finally push the button with this kid to motivate him to turn this thing around by, in his mind, screwing him,
4: I'm happy. It just he's the new Howard Beale in town. He's mad as hell, and he's not going to take this yes. anymore. <laughs>
3: yes. Did uh, you Did you ever think though that you would? I mean, Buxton's an articulate, smart kid. I do like him. Yes, but I've never heard this from. But him. But he
4: says a lot of yes, ma'am, yes, sir. He's got that Southern, yes. you know, uh, mannerisms to him. Um, I, I, I I'm still trying to. F- I understand why the Twins did what they did. It was a lost season uh, for Buxton, who obviously had his injury issues pop up again, and he wasn't hitting when he was healthy. It was a—you could call it a very prudent, in the abstract, a very prudent business decision—but the ramifications to that, and you—you just angered one of your uh, franchise players who could have come back and maybe redeemed himself in September, which would have done a lot for his confidence and for the fan base to see that this guy can maybe actually hit the ball. Now he's gonna be angry. Now you gotta wait in a whole offseason and now it's gonna be what kind of mood is Byron gonna be in on February thirteenth when pitchers and catchers report?
0: Well, Judd, remember when when this first broke that he was that they were not gonna call him up in September. Remember, you and I were talking about it on the air, and I said, Okay, they're gonna do this, but now what's the plan? Right. If if he's if he's gonna be pissed about this, which he clearly stated in that soundbite that he was, yep. what, what's 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 gonna be now if you're Falvey and Levine, now, now what are you gonna do? How are you going to get that? How are you gonna get that relationship back where it needs it's to be? It's probably not
4: gonna be if you sign a center fielder and, and try to make him come in and win the job he, back. He's a
3: Falvey said at the winter meetings yesterday that he's our guy. Okay. He's our guy. Listen, I didn't like this move, but if this move motivates Byron at all, then it might work. If this is a Herb Brooks type of move, yep. then it might work, and it, it, it might it might backfire. It might this kid simply might not be able to hit, and it's just going to be he turns out to be a bust. But if there was a thought in the back of their mind, let's tick him off, let's see what happens. Now, I still I still think that if it had been me, I bring him up. But I like the fact he's mad. I like the fact that something has moved him to the point of I'm going to show them. Because because we're basically he turns twenty five next Tuesday, Mm -hmm. we're getting very close to decision time on Byron Buxton. We're getting very close to he can either do it or he can't do it.
0: Well, how about go ahead, Manny? Well, no, I was just going to say, isn't it amazing that he's going to be twenty five years old? I mean, we still kind of view him as this young, unfinished product. Yeah, but it's like he's twenty five, and then you got to think, well, wait a minute, this is he's 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 getting it's. It's getting close to like game time for him, where he's got to get it together. To and it Aaron going. Hicks
4: is certainly uh, tearing it up with the Yankees, and yeah. it was the guy that he supplanted as well. Another hot shot prospect that Buxton pushed out of the way. Here's, here's, I got a question for you guys. If yeah. this is a successful motivating technique, what can the Twins do with Miguel Sano to make him mad, to make him lose some weight, to make him commit to his position? I think they tried. To, by by doing what? Just banishing, banishing him, him to, to Fort, Fort, Myers. Fort Myers? Yeah. I to think work they on tried. his game?
3: Yeah, you're right. I yeah. think they tried. They're, the the thing with Buxton, the difference between Sonoma and Buxton to me is there's no doubt in my mind Buxton wants this. I think Byron desperately wants to be good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I and, don't think he's a malingerer. No. Yeah. And there's nothing now 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 personality-wise, if you pushed the right buttons, could that help? Perhaps it could. And perhaps the twins. Made a very smart move here, which I thought was dumb at the time. I guess we'll find out, right? <laughs> yeah, we will. But Sano, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what you do. I mean, they're right now, the Twins say that they have Miguel Sano working out and sending videotape of the workout to them to see how he looks. Okay, and, but and that could be gonna...
4: a three minute clip of a three minute workout. I know, and he's going to, <laughs> and he is, spo- he is supposed to show
3: up in January in at Fort twins Myers, oh, no, Fort Myers, in Florida. Okay. So, but that that to me, that to me is as frustrating because there's no question that Miguel Sano could Miguel Sano has the ability to be really really good. How, how you unharness that, Murph? I have no idea.
4: And it, have no they're, clue. And they're still committed to him at third base as well. I thought maybe with the Maurer's retirement, they might have thought about moving the elephant across the diamond and maybe saving his legs a little bit.
3: But heavy. Still committed to him at third. Have you guys considered right now what the Twins' 2009 infield looks like? 2019. 19, excuse me. C.J. Cronin at first base. I think he's uh, sort of a D.H. type of guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Jonathan Scope, at, scope at, second.
3: at second base. Now, I have read differing accounts of his defensive ability, but there have been plenty of people who say it's not fantastic. Polanco, I think, is going to get a chance to stay at shortstop, but keep in mind... He's got to stay clean. and He's got to stay clean, he does. And keep in mind, Joe dug out or caught a lot of sort of errant throws from him. Very underappreciated defensive guy over there. Mm-hmm. And as you just said, Miguel Sanoa, at third base. This could be an all-time gong show infield, at least to start this season. It with. wouldn't be the Twins' way if that's the way it would be.
4: But here, here's good we, we were talking about Sano. Um... What has anybody heard from him right now? The twins have heard from him. The twins are claiming they've heard from him, but there's been nothing yes. directly from him right now. It's already December. Um, you know, is he
3: uh is he packing it on? Or is he taking it off? Well, that's what they claim they claim that they're seeing video evidence that he's not packing the pounds back on. That's what they claim. Okay. They claim that they're and and if they get there, if they can get to him in January, I think you you've got a chance. But the question to me with, with him is not just the short-term, Murph. The question with him is is short-term and long-term. So let's say he shows up in shape. He actually went to Florida in June and came back in July in decent shape. He couldn't hit, though. Yeah. But are you going to? But let's say he comes in spring training and starts to hit, and things are going great, and he's in decent shape. As, as you know, baseball players... Are prone at times to add weight during the course of the season. Those buffets are yeah. heavy on the carbs. So Those do post-game you, buffets. So do you? Do you, does he like find Jesus at that point and say, "This is fantastic. I'm going to stay in great shape and I'm going to play third base and ter- try and turn into a Hall of Fame player"? Or, or does he say things are going extremely well? Where's the na- Where's the closest nightclub? Or where's the closest bar? Or closest restaurant?
4: And let's not forget when he was uh, in, regular in the lineup and he wasn't dealing with uh, you know a huge slump. He still got hurt. I mean, he still actually, even yeah. when he was in shape, he still got hurt. His hamstrings have shown problems, either chasing down a ball down the line or running down first base to try to beat a play. I mean, he's a big guy. He's such a big guy, and that's a lot of muscle to be able to pull if he's
3: over the course of a 162-game season. Ticked off Byron Buxton one more time. This is
2: fantastic. It's this, this business. They did what they did. I do what I do. At the end of the day... I'm still gonna keep playing hard, still wanna play in Minnesota, still wanna play beside my teammates. It's all that matter. Were you um... pissed? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, I ain't sugarcoating nothing. Simple okay. as that. Yeah. Surprised? Shocked? Was I? Yes. Yeah, you had. I was. You had no inkling with no, it. <laughs>
3: was I pissed? Were
2: you
1: pissed? Yes. I love how he <laughs>
3: fills in the, the blanks. TCL Broadcast Studios' Mackie and Judd, Phil, will join the show at 4 o'clock. Zolig Brian Murphy of the Pioneer Press, Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison behind the scenes. We're back after this. Plenty of Vikings and Wild Talk in the 3
1: o'clock hour. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. Um,
0: What is it you're trying to say?
1: Now, back to Mackie and Judd. What? On 1500
0: ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here at the TCL Broadcast Studios. We got a stalled vehicle in Golden Valley near Highway 100 and Park Place on 394 westbound. Uh, a lane is blocked, so be on the lookout for that. And also 94 westbound, we got some debris on the roadway uh, in St. Paul near uh, Western and Lexington. So be on the lookout for that, folks.
3: Thank you, sir. T- uh, TCL Broadcast Studio. Zolgad, Brian Murphy, the Pioneer Press, Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison. Let's, uh, this is Mike Zimmer yesterday on his conference call talking about the um, dismissal of John Filippo and also what the situation's going to be for Kevin Stefanski. This is yesterday. Is it fair to say that Kevin's going to be auditioning here for the long-term job, or are you still going to want to do a search regardless? I don't know. We'll see how, we'll see how things develop here. But, uh, I mean, obviously it would be in his best interest if you know, to do good. Okay, that was Zim Brian yesterday, a guy that, that you have covered for quite some time, been to his place, his uh, farm in Kentucky. Tell me what the um, the tweet from your colleague, Dane, says about what Zim says today about Stefanski Yeah, Zim, Mike Zimron, whether
4: Kevin Stefanski will be calling plays for the Vikings this weekend, quote, maybe, end quote. Now... There's only so, you know, there, there's being coy and then there's being ridiculous because who else is going to call the plays? That's what I mean. I mean. Is Zimmer going to step in and call defense and offense? His
3: head's going to explode. Although he might try. You know him. He might. I mean, he won't. But
0: so he's going to be calling
4: plays while he's berating his defensive line on the bench with his
0: back turned to the field. And you know Zimmer too. He wants to run the football, so he'll call like thirteen straight running plays. Exactly what I was going to say. Third
3: (laughs) and fourteen, right up the gut. Run the bleeping ball, Xavier. What were you doing? I just run it again, Xavier. (laughs) You're
0: you're being too grabby. What do we do here? Run it again.
3: Just keep running the ball until I tell you not to run the ball. It's
0: like Kurt Russell and Miracle. Just again. Again, yes. Who do you play it for? <laughs> again.
3: Run the ball. Again. This guy is so fun to cover. Well, he just... It, you can tell
4: the cork is in awfully tight, man. It is oh. really difficult right now. He's feeling the heat. He should feel the heat. I mean... you've blown through three offensive coordinators, one who resigned on you, the other one who left to take a head coaching job, and then you prevented the guy who got the job now from taking that offensive coordinator job in New York. Um, I I, want to say it was Joe Banner, who used to be the executive with the Philadelphia Eagles, had a tweet earlier today, which was, he's gone through that many offensive coordinators, which means he's actually terrible at hiring or awful to work with, and neither one of them are
3: good. Um, That does speak a lot. Oh, yeah. And I've told you this before. It's my contention that Mike Zimmer absolutely adores coaching defense. Yes. It's just his life. And you know what? He's really good at that. He's really, he can take Holton Hill, an undrafted rookie, and plug him in a cornerback, and he's pretty good. Like, he plays well. And that is what Mike Zimmer is great at. Unfortunately, my contention is that the quarterback position, the offense to a large degree, and the kicker for sure, in, yeah. in yeah, Mike's cause... mind, in Mike's mind, necessary evils that he would love to see disappear. Well, just like, like he wants offenses to play against his defense, but I think if you told him, Mike, you never have to deal with a quarterback of your own again in your life. And we're also going to eliminate as of today the kicking position. Mike Zimmer would be the happiest guy on the planet.
4: And then maybe if he emptied the stadium and made him not deal with the media maybe once a month, he'd be even better. He'd be the greatest coach on earth.
3: It's it's I, the it's exactly what, what we said back in 03, Jacques Lemaire. Yes. If you could drop the puck at three AM in front on a sheet of ice with zero fans there, Jacques Lemaire would have been the happiest guy because he'd be coaching.
4: Ice. You gotta Long on the ice. ice. On the ice, but
3: no fans, no on media. The ice. No media. He, empty he arena, had,
4: empty. That 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 player had no art, not heart. Art. He He's had no. Not art. one of the guy. Not one of the guy. Le guy. Um, interesting though. You also mentioned you know Zimmer calling defensive plays. What is George Edwards' role again? Have we have we figured that out? Nope. What his his facil- facilitator role is? Nobody else. Okay. I have no clue. He and, speaks every week, but uh, apparently has hey. nothing to.
3: We've been talking about this for two weeks now at least. This is five years. George and Mike have been together for five years. Mike has been head coach of this team for five years. Do you not trust George at all? Like, can't you give up? I get that you, I get your passion as defense, and I, I even appreciate that. That's great. It's your calling. But if this was year one, I sort of get it. Okay, it's my defense. I want to call plays. This is going to be my, but you're five years in. Can't you call George in and say, you know what, George, on Sunday, I got a lot on my plate offensively. Our offense is a mess. Our defense is pretty good. It's playing pretty well. So, George, I'm going to, after five years of you being in my back pocket, I'm going to trust that you're going to know what to do. And I might have suggestions, but I can't do the entire thing myself. I'm going to be focused on both sides of the ball in Sunday's game against the Dolphins, but I need you to do a lot of things I ordinarily do. He's not gonna. He's not gonna bequeath that kind of responsibility
0: no, no, to anybody. But he can't. He can't help himself.
3: Um, but it would make sense, right? But it would
4: make sure. sense. But uh, okay. So what? You know, he's Mike's been asked about this before a couple times about whether what his role is with the offense and and how influential he is yeah. or is not in play calling. It obviously came to a, a bitter end with uh, Filippo, but with with last year with Shermer, uh, the year before with. Uh, Oh, uh, Turner, nor they had a falling out there. But how much did he try to influence those guys? And if he's going to be in Stefanski's ear all week or all day on Sunday, how is he going to be concentrating on, you know, his defensive responsibilities anymore too? Or is he going to try to call plays on both sides? I don't think he's going to call offensive plays, but he's going to be paying attention and leaning on Stefanski.
0: And I know that this is kind of revisionist history, but John, remember I brought this up yesterday of – You know, should they have, knowing what we know now, and it's, I mean, obviously you can't go back and change anything, but I wonder if they should have upped the ante with Pat Shermer. We've talked about that. Yeah. Well, if, if you, if you add, you know, up his salary a little bit, a little bit, I mean, a little bit, I would have given him four mil and then add the tag of associate head coach. To his title, I mean, I think, and that, then just say, Pat, there you go. I trust you. You you take care of the offense.
3: I think if you were going to do that, the smart play, the feasible play, would have been to do that in November of last year.
4: Yeah, because I will, yeah, say, give him an extension during the middle yeah, of the run, and
3: just say we want to keep you, and and tell Mike, Mike, we're going to give him because th- there's no cap on coaches, right? And just say, Mike, we're going to give him a boatload because he's really good, and he and you can play nice with Pat because. And that would have been before any of the head
4: coaching jobs came up, too. Absolutely. After Black Monday.
3: And here's the dilemma now. All right. Mike got Norv. And and to Mike's credit, Mike said, I know defense. I don't know offense as well as I probably should. I'm going to get a longtime head coach, OC type of guy here. And at the time, I thought that's really smart. But then after the first year, Mike went to his buddy Hugh Jackson and learned more about offense and decided Norv, and probably rightfully so, Norv was not as perfect as he thought. So then Mike came back with with all these ideas. Relationship starts to dissolve. Norv either is pushed out, quits. Combination of things. Okay, so that's that's Mike can't play nice one. All right. Then you get Shermer, who turned out to be an ideal fit and had a great year. Absolutely fantastic. Took uh, Keenum and was great. Okay, that was that was really good. He gets the Giants job and moves on. So now we try the third guy of, okay, Mike, can you play nice with an inexperienced play caller, a younger guy, because the younger guys are now all the rage. And on swing number three, the answer is no. So, like, who comes in now? Well, and the other hand, you know,
4: who's who's going to be accountable for DiFilippo ultimately at the end? Was this a
3: Rick Spielman hire? Was Mike, it a said, Mike said on the conference call yesterday it was his hire. I don't know if that's true or not, but Mike said that was my hire. But if Stefanski, okay, if Stefanski's the guy, or if you go get a new OC for 2019, my question is, who can Mike play nice with? Because you brought in the veteran guy in Norv, didn't work. Mm-hmm. You brought in the young hotshot in Flip, didn't work. Stefanski has, has, I as far as I know, has not called a play no, in his life. He was a quarterbacks coach in Philadelphia, game. right. Okay, so so where do things stand now as far as who's going to do this job in 2019 so that Mike is comfortable.
4: And who would want to come here? I mean that that's the other question. Do you want to come here and work for a, a trigger-happy
3: head coach? Personally, I would have no interest. Now now perhaps Pat can tell you why it worked. Well, Pat is also a
4: contemporary of, of Zimmer yeah. too. Nor, Turner was, was too. Yeah. There's something weird that happened between those two because Mike Zimmer yesterday made it a point. You mean, it was Zimmer and Norv? Yeah. Oh
3: yeah. There's something mm-hmm. really. There's weird something
4: there. that's never come out. But mm-hmm. uh, he made the point on the conference call unsolicited to say, Norv Turner wasn't fired. He resigned. Yes. So I don't have blood on my hands for him. But something odd happened with those two. It was
3: beyond, I think, uh, philosophical. Because and Norv didn't, and Norv, I do not buy that Norv quit in a fit. No, like something was brewing there. And and hey, listen, Mike brought in Shermer, who, who had been head coach of the Browns at one for time, tight ends, yeah, for tight ends, mm-hmm. and a longtime OC, right, right. So he brought him in for tight ends.
4: So maybe that was a, he wanted Norv to be looking over his shoulder right away, and perhaps. You know, that got into Norv's head a little bit, too. And he's like, hey, I've been in this league 25 years. I've been a head coach. I don't need to be uh, walked on the plank here. You know, right. if you if, you're, if you don't have confidence in me, I'm out of here.
3: Well, and and the frustrating thing with that entire team, too, was that goes back to, to Teddy's going to be your QB at that time for a long time. It's going mm-hmm. to be Teddy's offense. It's going to be Teddy's team. You know, have you work with Teddy and it's all going to be perfect. And oh, by the way, we've got Adrian Peterson who has to be fed the ball in a very certain way. That was the thing that I never got is why why somebody didn't just say, Adrian, come here. You know, we're not nothing's going to be tailored to you. We're not the bell cow anymore. Yeah. Nothing. This is Teddy Bridgewater's team. We're going to work from pistol and shotgun a lot. If you can't do it, you can't do it. We'll we'll release ya. But that was the thing that I never got is why Mike didn't just from from day one of saying, Teddy's my guy, draw the line in the sand and said, Norv, you're going to coordinate an offense that's going to be specified only for this quarterback and I don't care about if 28's mad, if, if he's happy. If he can contribute, great. If he can't, that's fine too. So I think that that goes back to, I think your point about something weird taking place also goes back to the use of Peterson and who wanted to do what with him when Mike... Made it very clear that he was going to be wed to that quarterback, ideally for a very long time. And, and you
4: got to and remember throughout all of that, in the middle of August of 2016, Bridgewater blows out his knee, yep. and everything is, everything changes anyway.
0: And Norv too historically was always the guy that wanted to throw the deep ball a lot and wanted to have the deep dropbacks for the quarterback. Yes, and more traditional the power running game with the bell cow and I've running a question back. Too, and
3: who was going to catch those deep balls at the time?
0: Do you Jer- remember that offense? Jerome Simpson. No. Was he still there? I think Jerome was gone. But who was on? Was Phelan, Phelan hadn't really emerged yet. Wright
4: was in the slot. Darius Wright. Uh, Greg Jennings. Yeah. Mike Wallace. Yeah. Mike Wallace was going to be That's, the speed demon. Yeah. Going to quote Mike unquote Wallace. take the top off the defense. That's what the quote was. <laughs> Mike Wallace is a speed demon. He will take the top off the defense. I think they threw to him three times.
3: Oh, and it was a complete waste of time. But you're right. It was Jennings too. Mm-hmm. But I guess I always found it very odd that they thought that they had an offense that if they had tailored it around Teddy more, actually could have been pretty good and productive. And instead, and and I don't know who was responsible for what, but instead it was sort of this chaos of, well, this is what Norv likes to do. And then point two to me was, this is what Adrian wants, which is like, who cares at this point? And and he'd be fine, but I mean, who cares, right? And then, like, the fourth guy on the list was the quarterback, who you supposedly loved.
4: And then coming in was Bradford. Yeah. Could, throwing a
3: wrench into all of that, because throwing, what kind of quarterback was he going to be? Throwing checkdowns. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. Let's come back, and uh, we're going to talk about this team.
1: Has it along the boards to Spurgeon. The end of the corner, Coyle. Coyle tried to center for rider. He was tied up. Brodina drive. He scores! Because
3: I'll tell you right now, Seven times. They're back. They're back, and there's no question about it.
1: Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've had to date. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, man. On 1500 ESPN. Looking for a passing lane. Now it goes all the way across. Canadians on the power play, near the bottom of the league, 29th, and here's a chance shorthanded for Minnesota.
4: Coyle, moving in, comes to the slot, he scores! They got a break there off the post. Granlund for Stall, kick save and right? he scores! Spurgeon with 10 of the period. That's five. Brody, now to Niederreiter, just off the bench, five, a shot, sucker on
1: the rebound, Spurgeon scores! Out to the line for Suter. Gives Dumb to Granlund. Anilin works down low across Dumba, moving in, he
4: scores!
1: And now Ryan Suter to Spurgeon. I love stick
2: work.
4: Long lead pass, stick. sends Parisi in alone. Parisi scores!
2: But, you know what, I, I think they, they, they all really like him and they, they care about him and they know he's gone through a little bit of a rough stretch here. And, and so they knew he played well and uh, they wanted to reward him. And I thought it was, uh, thought it was the right thing to do.
3: All right, Murph.
4: That was about Devin Dubnik, by the way.
3: That was indeed. Bruce on Doobie. Uh, you, you've now covered this team, been back on the beat for, is it three weeks now? Yeah, about three weeks. Three weeks? Um, so I have
4: fresh eyes. So yes, I, I, yes. give, I've, me, give I, me. I've whitewashed all the cynicism as when I was writing columns on him the last three years.
3: <laughs> so g- give me, with your fresh eyes, give me your perspective. On a team that still, even after um, waxing the Canadian, the ha- Le Havre last night is outside of the playoff picture by, I think, three points or something.
4: Yeah, and they were as high as second place, I think, after yeah. they beat Winnipeg the day after Thanksgiving. Three and seven in a ten games band. That'll do it. And it's it's a very fickle uh, league, and it's 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 a tough tough conference and an even tougher division. So the Wild are probably going to be nibbling around that wild card spot most of the year. The one thing that's been remarkable up until Koivu the other night is how healthy they had been. Because obviously, in years past, certainly last year, um, they had several players out. Niederreiter being one of them. I think Zucker was out for a while. Uh, then, of course, at the end of the season, you had uh, you had Suter go down with his broken leg. You had Sealer go down. You had uh, you know Brodeen had some issues. But what I what I what I'm seeing here though is a lot of the same type of team, because they are the same team that they have been the last three or four years, Yep. maybe there's a sense of urgency among this roster because the, some of them may be on the move. Because I don't think Paul Fenton's going to have very much patience come mid-February if this team is five points out of a playoff spot. He's not going to give him the benefit of the doubt, I don't think, and say, okay, I'm going to ride this out. He's going to start carving off parts because mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily have to tweak. <laughs> the off season was for tweaking. season
3: could be for blowing up, depending on where this thing goes. Yep. I think, and and Fenton has, um, it seems to me, some Spielman to him. So I don't know a thing about. Like, I don't have any idea if he's happy, if he's mad, if he's indifferent. Uh, but my, I think he's a smart guy. And my opinion is this. He wanted to observe what he probably knew about this team. Already. And he's seeing it. So I think what you just said is right. I think trade deadline time, and I feel the guy I feel bad for is Bruce. I think Bruce is a good coach. And I think Bruce is, should be, I think Bruce Boudreaux should be coaching a playoff type team that that has pieces in place. He's got his own playoff demons, though, to exercise. Sure he does. I don't know he's going to get there though. And I don't know the Fenton's going to help him. I think Fenton very well as february approaches might say okay we went 3 and 7 and then we went and cuz they'll bounce back they always bounce back it's not it's not great but they bounce back you know we went 3 and 7 and then we went 6 and 2 and then we went 1 and 5 and then we went so it's my belief that if you have if you don't have a no move or complete no trade clause in your contract there's a very good chance you get moved and i would start with with a guy like Stahl, who who could come back if, if I'm not mistaken, he's in the last year of his contract. Correct? Yeah, he is. So he could come back, but I'm not going to be shocked at all if we see Stall moved. Certainly a coil moved. Need a Rider, although yes. he's got a
4: very heavy contract that might be
3: tough to move. Because there's go, there's got to be the more I watch this team, the realization to me is really really simple. They're up and down enough that they could get get to the playoffs. The Western Conference is tough, but they could get to the playoffs. They could they could just go on some streak because they do that the more i see this club though i don't see a team that succeeds in the playoffs at all do you not it, yet not it, at all at this point yeah and it's just okay they got you know they don't have enough speed they're not really a big jets type of team there's nothing about this team that strikes me as is having the formula for springtime success they're a bunch of lunch bucket guys and when they
4: all grind together they can do some f- some good things. They're not going to be a team that's going to score seven goals like they did last night. That was as much about the Canadians not showing up as it was about the Wild trying what, to redeem themselves from that? Edmonton. What was that? I don't know. And Montreal won five of six. It wasn't like they were hurting, uh, but they came in and just were not prepared. But I just, you know, how how what's what's the point threshold going to have to be come trade deadline? Trade Is it five? Is it three? I mean, if you're on the outside looking in, or even if you are clinging to that final wild card spot— is it worth being the bug on the windshield of of some Western powerhouse like Nashville or Winnipeg? I say no. Yeah, I mean, as a fan, no as a, as a representative of what other the people here want,
3: you'd say blow it up, bag the playoffs. Yes, yes, and start carving off some assets. I definitely do because I don't see a team that's going to get into the playoffs and surprise you. I don't think they have goaltending. I don't think that they have the the makeup. They've got some nice players. But when I watch this team play, I don't see a team that gets in and and pulls a Kings from what five six years back where they get in as an There's eight an eighth seed, seed, yeah, and you say, "Oh my God, look at the run that they go on," and then they they knock off the top seed and then they go through the playoffs. I do I don't see that. And so if I'm Fenton, I go to Leopold and say, "You hired me for a reason, and that's my expertise here, and the expertise should not result in us." you know doing the chuck fletcher thing of getting into the playoffs or barely sneaking in what it should do is give us a chance that when we do get in the playoffs to actually have success
0: there if dubnik is not good enough though if they don't have the goaltending isn't doesn't he isn't he under a pretty hefty contract yeah, yeah what do you do with that if he's not good if he's not going to be good enough <laughs> what well, do I you mean, do with that? Contract? you got
3: Parisi and Suter. Yeah, those still are on worse. 13 year those are more bigger
4: albatrosses. Yeah. You know, it's probably something you'll have to address in the in the off season. I don't think they'll be moving Dubnik during during the trade deadline at all. But we've said this: the, how many springs in a row? dubnik has got to win him a series. dubnik has got to win him a key game in a playoff series when when they're outshot forty five to twenty two, or when they're undershot. You know, and he gives up three goals on eighteen shots. It's the timely goals. The, the timing of a lot of the goals that he gives up and the type of goals he mm-hmm. gives up that can be very deflating. So he is yet to... You know, Jake Allen. Dubnik is a better goaltender than Jake Allen. Yeah. Jake Allen won that series two years ago. He did? Single-handedly. Because mm-hmm. the Wild shot every puck right well, into I the was, blue nose.
3: I was going to say, because because <laughs> the Wild, in, in typical Wild fashion, because they're not a playoff team, didn't get near the net. That's the thing about this team. What are they going to do... I guess for any fan that says, oh, no, they should go for it, my question back to them is, what's this team going to do in the playoffs that's going to help them win a series or two? Are they going to drive to the net? They're not going to do that. And Charlie Coyle again last night, too. And this is, this is why I'll never believe. Charlie Coyle scored a backhand shorthanded goal last night that was a thing of beauty. It was beautiful. If I isolated that goal and you didn't know a thing about Charlie and I showed you that goal, you would say, oh, that guy scores 25, 30 goals a season. Right, but he's Charlie Coyle. He doesn't. Is he Andrew Wiggins on ice? Yeah. Somebody else
4: mentioned that too. I've heard. He is.
3: Out. He is. And and less the, moody. Yes, but you are never going to you are never going to isolate what motivates him at certain times. And and I know what it is this time. Coivu's hurt for a couple of weeks or something. Charlie's back at center. Charlie's centering the line. Charlie's going great. We're going to get this maximum two weeks, and then Charlie's going to be back to being Charlie. Doesn't make him a bad player, too. He works hard. So I don't think that there's any question with with how hard he's willing to work, Brian, but I do think that there's a major question in how do you come even close to harnessing what we saw last night, and my answer is I have no clue.
4: Well, the other person with that is Nino Niederreiter. I mean, he had averaged 20 goals for his first four years. Last year, he gets banged up a little bit, now he's a ghost. And he didn't used to be like...
3: That's the weird one to me. Like what's happened there?
4: Uh, he's lost his confidence. Although I, you know, he he's had a couple of decent games yeah. here in the paint. Scored a garbage goal at Edmonton. He scored the first goal last night. Uh it, it's a one it's another one of those okay, is this going to get him going again? Cuz last year he had uh I, I want to say he had a, a knee and a, and a he had two different leg problems. I think he had a high ankle sprain. Well, he
3: got hurt in Chicago in like game 3 yes. of the regular season is which is the same game that I think Coyle broke his leg in. Yes.
4: Okay. So Coil was out too and then I want to say he came back maybe, you know, December or so, and then he had another leg injury as well. He only ended up with, like, four goals last year. So this was going to be the bounce-back season. Well, he went the first 14 games without a single goal, and he only had three goals going into last night's game in 29 games. Mm Mm-hmm. But he went to the net, he was, he, you know, when they shuffled the lines and they put Coyle and Koivu spot and Parisi on the left side and Nita Ryder on the right, it was the best line on the on the ice all night. And it started right from the get-go. They were fantastic, and Coyle was fantastic. Coyle was, Coyle, I, you know, Boudreaux's admitted this. He's, he's It's a tough call with him whether he wants to play him at center or play him on the wing. I mean, they've got two bona fide centers in Coivu and Stahl. Um, so on those top two lines, where are you going to put Coyle? You know, I mean, you're going to have to bump, you're not going to bump one of those two off of that, but... When he is playing center, he's more involved. He's skating more. Um, he's more committed. He's more go- driving the net. So you know, do you put him on the third line at center? Then you lose his ice time.
3: And Eck looks like a lost cause right now. Yeah, I don't know what's that. What that's about. He was supposed to have some skills, but I see that probably once every ten games or something. He pops up. He'll make a couple nice plays. But last night he gets knocked around pretty good too. I didn't know. Yeah, I, I was going to say the only time that I noticed. Back on the ice last night was when he took a he hit, hit into the hit. boards. Yes,
1: that's it. <laughs> on a rush.
3: Does Brett Favre want to coach in the National Football League? Ah, We've got some sound from the gunslinger.
1: Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. oh that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. Now, back to Mackey and Judd. Hello, boys. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. What do you think? <laughs> that's pretty cool, I guess. On 1500
0: ESPN. All right, I got some traffic to tell you about now here. As we're 10 minutes in front of 4 o'clock, 694. Got a crash near Oakdale uh, between 10th Street North and uh, 494 and uh, 94, that sort of area there in Oakdale, causing a six-minute delay uh, eastbound. So be on the lookout for that, folks. Just like, six minutes?
3: That
4: doesn't like sound 10. that bad on rush hour? No.
0: Um, yeah, it's all right. It's going to get worse, though. Yeah. Oh, that's
4: yeah. And there will
3: o'clock. be, I will bet you $20 right now that we have a crash outside Murph, the Lowry Hill Tunnel by 4.15. Sounds pretty standard. Somebody going too fast. I was very careful last night, Manny. I drove very, very carefully. Careful. There I, you go. I cornered that at, at probably 55 or so. Okay. Not too fast.
2: All right.
3: Not too fast. Being safe. All right, as you guys know, there's nothing like Brett Favre sound, right? Never gets old. It's just so great. Uh, it, TMZ caught up with Brett Favre, and it sounds like with uh, Mike McCarthy being fired in Green Bay that they decided to ask Brett about coaching. And, of course, most guys would be like, oh, no, I'm not going to coach. He's not going to coach. You later, right? But but who cares because it's Brett Favre sound.
4: Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I could.
0: No. Will I do it? I, who knows? Who knows? Uh, yes. I've learned to never say never. Um I I had a, a a great time uh coaching 2 years of high school football now that's a far cry from from you know the professional uh aspect of it but it was fun it was rewarding uh and it you know it was challenging and I do feel like that I have a lot to to offer the you know the next level and the next level after that uh but there's an aspect of time that I'm not willing to give up at this point, um, you know. As a as a college and pro coach, there's there's very little time devoted to anything other than football. And right now, I'm not willing to give up that time.
4: What happened? Did TMZ catch him in the john? I
0: don't know. <laughs> can you play the beginning of that? Of course I can, because <laughs> I was
3: going to do that. Because this is, in fact, you know what? This has to stay on the button bar. Yes. Because this is just quintessential yes. Favre. Okay, hold
0: on. You know, uh, yeah, I could. No, will I do it? I, who knows? Oh, I laughed. Is this well, 2010 that is again? Most, that is the most Brett Farm. It is August of 20
4: ever. August of
3: 2010 again. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. It's just so. Yeah, you're you're right. Did I want to come back? Uh, mm, maybe. maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Then. And
4: I've learned to say not but, say never.
3: But how great is he, in just in the sense that he's not going to coach in the National Football League or D1. But I mean, he, he might be a position coach at some point doing something, but a real coach? No way.
4: No. After he made $20 million in his last season, why is he going to spend 16 hours a day
3: grinding film? Is there for- is there anybody, too, that's better at... Talking in circles and keeping himself going. By the time he's done, he's talking about, I was a high school coach. And I really enjoyed that.
4: Well, every time he would come to the podium on Wednesday, you know, Tom West would bring him in. He just got off the bike and he'd had, you know, that towel around his neck and he was glistening sweat. And it was like 15 minutes of group therapy. I you mean, know. it was, he took out so much guardrail, you know, in all of his conversations. You'd ask him about something about play action. And the next thing you know, he's talking about his tractor down in uh, Hattiesburg.
0: And and I'm glad you guys did this because it just leads me to my favorite, uh, my most favorite Brad Childress soundbite ever.
1: That's Brett, though. He talks all the way around the the block on most subjects. I've talked to him before about deer hunting, which I don't know anything about. And, you know, hunting with a a rifle, then a bow. And then before you know it, um, deer meat. And then by the end of the conversation, he's a vegan. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's Brett. Is that not absolutely is true? I,
4: you know, <laughs> I, I, I got to admit, so he was that. in over his head, but I missed Childress a little bit oh, because he were... was smart, and he could he could be, he, you know, he was not exactly what he came off on the podium as. No. He was a much more laid-back guy, and he never, of course, showed any of that publicly.
0: Well, get a good look at him in 2019 when he's I, the head coach that. of the Atlanta team in I the uh, Alliance of American my, Football. My favorite. Is there a franchise here? No. Oh, unfortunately not. It'd be so great. There's
3: one in San Diego, there's one in Atlanta, there's one in... Birmingham, yeah, Chicago,
4: maybe is there anything in the Midwest we can go down to and justify a visit with Chili
3: and and Chili's OC Michael Vick.
4: Oh, nice. Yep.
3: My favorite far He's still
4: not covering calling plays. No, of course. Just never called plays.
3: <laughs> oh, he did. Two thousand six. Oh, he did. It was a disaster. Oh, okay. Chili's the one. The game in Buffalo. I want to say it was September two thousand six, and I think the Vikings lost. Chili's the one that called the play that that there was like, I don't know, 10 seconds left. So it was going to be the last play. Last play for sure. And the Vikings were actually moving. And he called a play to the middle of the field. And they all said, you can't do that. The clock's going to run out. It has to go to the sidelines. Right? It's like, no, no, no. We're calling to the middle field. Sure enough. I think Marcus Robinson caught the ball, got down to about the five-yard line, got tackled. Um, uh, um, or uh... Now, my favorite far press conference thing of all time was not here. It was Green Bay, because every Wednesday before he met with the assembled media in Wisconsin, he would take the USA Today crossword puzzle into the John, and do the crossword puzzle. And he was always late. He was always late
4: taking care of business. Yeah, he would take That's care of business, fantastic.
3: but he would do it. He was never on time because it. And think about okay, just think about one. And second. it's USA Today. It's a
4: it's a Mick crossword puzzle. Yeah, it's not it's but not this real. Is
3: but this is Brett. Nick News. I, I, I don't oh want gosh. you to think about him taking care of business, but just think about the act of Brett going in and doing a crossword puzzle before he met with us.
4: <laughs> That's how he thought of you. I'm gonna come in with my aftersho- my aftershock stank.
3: That's 100% correct. That's how. It's exactly how he thought. How
4: would you know he was taking the USA Today in there? Did he grab it off the table or something? I was told
3: the story. Oh, okay. I was told the story that it was always the USA Today. Which Never he, the New York Times. I don't see he, him doing the no. New York Times crossword puzzle. No, he would pick up the USA Today off the table in, in the locker room, go into the John, do the crossword puzzle, and after he was done with that, and as you said, he could do it because it, it was not that hard, he would come out and meet with us. So you could, you
4: kind of knew how regular he was yes. based on when he showed up for his press conference. Are you surprised
3: by that? Like Brett Favre would be, Brett Favre's <laughs> schedule is the least surprising the thing of all time. The lightest bit. That is so Favre. Thanks, Brian. Mack, Joy. next. We're in the TCL Broadcast. Thanks for having me. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. That was Brian Murphy of the Pioneer Press. Check out his work. He's doing a great job covering the Wild again. Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison, Judd. We're back after this.
1: Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley, dokaly On 1500 ESPN.